Okay, so t- tonight's uh, shir, we have a very interesting topic at hand. Um, somewhat controversial, which always makes it interesting. And uh, the prominent feature in this week's parsha is the shira, the shira's hayam, az yashir. And Toysus points out something very interesting about the az yashir. Because immediately after the az yashir, you have what is called a pay. You have a parsha psucha, where there's a space in the Sefer Torah, and after the space in the Sefer Torah, the, the Chomer says, Batikach Miriam Hanavira es ha-toif, and Miriam Hanavira also sings a shira. And what Tysus wants to know is, why would this be an appropriate place to put a pay? Why would this be an appropriate place to have a space in the Sefer Torah? After all, this is the exact same topic we were speaking about until now. Till now we spoke about all the psukim and the shira. So now Miriam is chazering over, saying over the, the shira, the song for the women, why would the Torah put a space? A space denotes a new topic. When you have a space in the Sefer Torah, that shows that we're about to enter something new. So this is the same old topic. We're still talking about the Az Yashir. We're still talking about the Shira. Why would there be a space in the Sefer Torah? To which Tysus answers, Tysus gives two answers. And the first answer is, uh, you know, what we call politically correct. We're going to make the women feel good. And that is, had we not put a pay in the Sefer Torah, then it would look as if, you know, the song of the, of the women, the song of the Noshim, is not really important in and of itself. It's just an appendage to the Shira of the men. It's just an add-on. It's just, you know, a final thought, an afterthought. So therefore, the Sefer Torah, the Yvonne intentionally puts in a pay in the Sefer Torah to show that this song, this Shira of the women, is independently and inherently chashuv. It has its own independent chashivas, its own independent importance. And that is why the Torah gives it its own space, its own attention, its own focus. That is the first answer of Taisvis. And the second answer of Taisvis is that, of course, if the men are singing and the women are singing, they can't be in mixed company, they can't be in a mixed audience, and therefore the Torah makes a space to show there was a separation between the shira of the men and the shira of the women. So, this brings us loosely to a very interesting topic, and that is, do women have a role in saying Kaddish? Especially on the day that uh, the United States uh, passed a new law, that they're going to start allowing women to fight on the front lines. So now we want to know, how about in Judaism? Do we make such uh, leniencies and dispensations for the women to come out on the front line and say Kaddish? So, you know, maybe 10 years ago, if you would have asked me this question, I would have thought, you know, you're from outer space. Women saying Kaddish sounds like some progressive, new age. Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, I never saw such a thing. I was in many, many shuls. Never saw a woman say Kaddish in a shul. But now, after moving to uh, other neighborhoods (laughs) and going to other Orthodox shuls, you see that... uh, there may be other opinions about this matter, and that's what we would like to investigate this evening. Is there any room to say? Is there any halachic basis? Right? We're not saying you know, anybody can make up anything. You know? Unfortunately, there was other news this week about um, a bat mitzvah girl laning the Torah for her grandfather who was a convicted criminal. Right? It was front page of the news. So obviously, you know, any uh, group 
could create any innova- innovation, but we want to know, is there any halachic basis? Is there any real basis in our traditional sources to allow women to say Kaddish? So, we begin with an essay written by one of the Paiske Doirenu, one of the Paiskim of the last generation, one of the Gedoyle Oilam, Rav Yosef Elio Henkin, who, uh, before Rav Moshe came to the United States of America, he was the Paisek for Rabbanim in America. You know, even today, anytime a rabbi doesn't know what to do, what do you do? You open up the Ezra's Torah calendar, right? You make believe you really know what to do. You open up the little green calendar. It says, you say the Avarachim, you don't say the Avarachim, you say the Tachanon, you don't say the Tachanon. Right? It tells you everything you need to know. Right? It doesn't have the Shiurim. That you have to work on your own. But everything else you need to know, you look in the Ezra's Torah calendar. So, what Rav Hankin was... Uh, obviously faced with this question, whether women are allowed to say Kaddish. And he begins with the whole introduction to the concept of Kaddish in general. You know, uh, especially tonight we're commemorating a, a yard site. And uh, so this year we're allowed to stream sponsor Leonisha's Lubalea Bas also. So we want to know about this Indian of Kaddish. What is the significance of Kaddish in general? And then Rav Hankin begins in the following way. And that is... There is a mitzvah in the Torah called Kiddushem Shemayim, sanctifying the name of Hashem. There are two ways in this world to sanctify Hashem. One way is God Himself could sanctify Himself, and the second way is we sanctify Him. Now how does God sanctify His own name? So Rav Henkin says, we find throughout Tanakh, the Rav Shalom says, Kadosh, I will sanctify Myself through My Holy Ones, right? V'hizkadelti, v'hizkadishti. The Yibam Shalom says, I will sanctify myself. How does God sanctify himself? <laughs> so if Henkin explains, if God brings justice, he brings mishpat, he brings punishment, either he punishes Rishon, or he rewards Tzadikim, and the world recognizes that yesh din v'yesh dayan, there is judgment in this world, there is a judge, there is hashkacha pratis. When that is recognized in this world, that is what we call Kiddush Shem Shamayim. God's name is recognized throughout the world. That is Kiddush Shem Shamayim number one, where God Himself sanctifies His own name through either punishment or reward. That is the first way of Kiddush Shem Shamayim. Says of Henkin, there's another way to sanctify God's name, and that is through our own actions. If a Jew acts with Mesiras Nefesh, when he's put to the greatest challenge, and you know, somebody comes over, puts a gun to his head and says, either convert, or that's the end of it. If a person is willing to give up his life for the Rebbe Islam, for Judaism, that is sanctifying the name of Hashem. Or as Rav Henkin says, any time a Jew performs a mitzvah publicly, that is Kiddush Shem Shamayim Barabbim. That is the sanctification of God's name. You know, many people think, you know, we'll do mitzvah secretly in hiding that nobody should know about. No. When you do a mitzvah, you do it publicly. Everyone should know about it. Why? You want to sanctify Hashem's name. Rav Moshe writes, in this generation, don't be so into doing things secretly. In this generation, you've got to do all your mitzvahs publicly so that everyone should know about it and people can learn from it. Obviously, your kavana should not be you want honor or you want covet. Your kavana should be you want to teach other people. But that's Kiddush Shem Shemayim. So either, either Hashem could sanctify His own name or we could sanctify the name of Hashem. Says Rav Henkin, very interesting thing. If Hashem brings punishment to someone, or Hashem brings justice, 
and the reaction of the relatives, the reaction of the chaverim, the reaction of the onlookers is they are matztik es hadin. In other words, they recognize this is the act of Hashem. And they justify and they say, yes, God acted properly. God is the ultimate dayan. Hashem does as He pleases. We, can, we don't question His ways. Then it is a zechus for the person who experienced the mishpat that he is the cause of other people being matzik as hadin. Okay. Says Rav Henkin, what is Kaddish? What is it exactly? What are you doing? It has nothing to do with the nifta. Nothing to do with nifta. It has nothing to do with the one saying the Kaddish. It is not, it's not a matter of sentimental value. It's not a matter of nostalgia. It's not a time to start, you know, bringing up memories. Kaddish is one thing. Sanctifying the name of Hashem. That's all it is. Says of Henkin, how are you sanctifying the name of Hashem? What you're saying is, God's name should be sanctified despite the fact that we may not be pleased with what happened and it may not be our will what happened it's as God wills that is the primary function of Kaddish to declare that God acts as He pleases similar to what the Gemara says the same way we thank Hashem for that which is good or what we perceive as good, we thank Hashem for even what we perceive as not so good. That is the primary function of Kaddish, to be matzik the din, to say, God should be sanctified, bi'oma divra chiruseh. That is the primary statement of Kaddish. Says Rav Henkin, Kaddish has a second, secondary function, and that is, v'yamlich malchuseh. It's a prayer that one day the time should come, where God's reign in this world, God's majesty is recognized, and when that comes, then it will be le'ela mikabrachasa v'shirasa da'amiran bi'alma. Then it will be that we will praise God more than we praise Him right now. Right now, we only praise God for that which is good, and for that which is bad, we say, you know what, we don't understand it, but we praise you for it. But v'yamlich machuseh, when God's reign is accepted, there will be no ra, there will only be taif, and then the praise that we give for Hashem will be above and beyond anything we do now. Now, for the ra, we try our best to praise Hashem. La'asid lavai, there won't be any ra. That is the primary function of Kaddish. Number one, to say God does as He wills, and number two, to pray for the time that we will be able to praise Hashem above and beyond what we do right now. And then Rav Henkin says, a very scary Chidosh. And that is, Kaddish in and of itself has no value. What? Has no value? What do you mean has no value? That's what he says. Just to say Kaddish, we'll say, just to say Kaddish, and a person does not increase in Maisim Toivim, Shuva, Tefillah, Tzedakah, Taira, it brings no nachas ruach to the nifta, Rav Henkin says. None. Rav Henkin even says, because the only way to bring nachas ruach to someone's neshama, he says, is only mitzvah, samayisim taibim. Kaddish alone is just words. If it's not accompanied by extra maisim taibim, extra tshuva, extra tefillah, extra tzedakah, 
it doesn't have value. In fact, says Rav Henkin, he goes further. Not only does it not have any value, it's worse than having not said the Kaddish. If someone just says the Kaddish and doesn't because of that increase in Aysim Toivim, then Rav Henkin says, Chazal apply the Pasuk, it's like you're throwing out holy items on the street. Because the purpose of the Kaddish is to spur a person on to more Maisim Toivim, more Taira, more Tshuva. And therefore he says, you know, there's a common perception, you know, let's chaperine more Kaddishim. Let's say a Mizmar Tehillim, Kaddish. And then say a Mishnayis, Kaddish. And then this, no, you know how to do that. The more Kaddishim, the worse off you are, he says. The worse off you are. He says it openly. And he says... By, by consistently saying Kaddish again and again and again, what are you doing? You're showing the world that to you, Kaddish is some kind of like mystical incantation that you're like drumming up dead spirits or something. Again and again and again and again and again. It's like you're talking to the dead. People think it's like some kind of communal to the dead. That's not what it is. Kaddish is Kiddushem Shemaim, and therefore, uh, Rav Henkin says, less is more. Less is more. Ah, you were thinking, by the way, this is all an introduction to whether women are allowed to say Kaddish. Okay? Just uh, prepare yourself. Ah, the Zayar HaKadosh says that every Kaddish you say gets out of an hour and a half of Gehenna. You hear this? You ever hear this? There's a common refrain. Every Kaddish you say gets off an hour and a half. So basically, if you end up saying 16 a day, that's 24 hours, you're out, you're scot-free. I, right, so yes, I, the Zayar says, every Kaddish gets you out of an hour and a half of Gehenim. Says Rav Henkin, no, 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 that's the concept of Kaddish gets you out of an hour and a half. But not that each Kaddish is an hour and a half and an hour and a half and an hour and a half. The concept of Kaddish in general gets off an hour and a half. So says Rav Henkin, Hagavah think about it. If they're 24 hours in a day and Kaddish is only able to get you out of an hour and a half, that means the vast majority of what you could do for the mace has absolutely nothing to do with Kaddish. That means ruba de ruba de ruba of what you could do for a mace is taira, tefillah, tzedakah. Kaddish is what we call a very small, almost, he says, insignificant role in what the, a family member could do. And then he says an amazing thing. I don't fully understand it. I'm going to say it up. And that is the following. There's a Gemara Masechta... Shabbos, and Daf Petas, that the Rebbe Shalom comes to the Avais and he says, I want to destroy Klal Yisrael. So Avram Avinu says, no, don't do it. Hashem says, no, I'm going to do it. Yitzchak says, Yaakov says, don't do it. Hashem says, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yitzchak Avinu comes to Rebbe Shalom and he says, come on, how long does a person live anyway? 70 years, right? 70 years. So the Gemara says, Yitzchak says, well, until you're 20 years old, you're not responsible for what you do. So you're only left with 50 years. Out of those 50 years, 25 are daylight, 25 are nighttime. Nighttime anyway, people are sleeping. So you're not sinning in the nighttime, the Gemara says. So you only have 25 years of one's life to sin. Now out of that 25 years, the Gemara says, 12 and a half, half of it, either you're davening, you're eating, or you're in the bathroom, the Gemara says. Right? Some people a little bit more, some people a little bit less. <laughs> but out of the 25 years, half of it, you're in the base hakisei, you're eating, you're davening. So you're left with 12 and a half years. So Yitzchak says to Hashem, Hashem, either you foot the whole bill, you take the 12 and a half years, you take responsibility, 
or we'll split it. Half on me, half on you. So I asked Rav Henkin, what in the world is Gemara talking about? 25 years is the nighttime? Most people sin at night. Rishon, the Gemara says, Tashach, the Rishon, they come out at night, right? When the clock strikes 12, you better be indoors, because everybody knows the Rishon are outside doing who knows what, right? People, tzaddikim, their, 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 their activities during the day, the Rishon, they come out at night. So what's the Gemara saying? 25 years is the nighttime you're not sinning? That's the majority of the sinning. And then the Gemara says, for 12 and a half years, what? You're either davening, davening? You're not going to be punished for davening? What about if a person doesn't come to the davening? Or a person doesn't daven properly? Or a person doesn't say the davening with kavana? So why is the Gemara right off, davening you're okay? And eating you're okay? Why are you okay for eating? Maybe you won't make a bracha properly. Maybe you'll, you won't be eating l'shem shamayim. Maybe you won't be eating with, for the right kavana. And the Beis HaKisei, there are halachos about the Beis HaKisei. So says Rav Hengen, why is the Gemara writing off that 25 years you're sleeping is a nighttime? What do you mean the nighttime? Most people do that verse in the nighttime. And then the Beis HaKisei and the eating and the davening, you're responsible for that time. So Rav Hengen says, this Gemara is what we call Divrei Chachamim V'chidoisam. This is a, a mysterious, when the Chachamim teach us Hashkafa, when the Chachamim teach us Jewish um, attitudes, they couch it and they cloak it in mysterious language. And what the Chachamim mean to say is the following. For the 25 years of the nighttime, you better watch out what you do. Because even Yitzchak Avinu will never be able to take care of it. That's what the Gemara means. The Gemara doesn't mean it's written off and you're not responsible. It says Rav Hengel, what the Gemara means, you better watch out for those 25 years. There's no one who could protect you if, you don't, if you're not careful to act properly in the nighttime. And if you don't eat properly, there's nothing anyone could do for you. And if you don't use the Beis HaKisei properly, there's nothing anyone could do for you. And if you don't daven properly, Yitzchak can't come through in the clutch. You know what Yitzchak can come through with? For the few daytime hours that really you should have been learning and you weren't learning, Yitzchak Avinu could say, look, I was Moiser Nefesh on the Akedah, so Hashem overlooked that small amount of time. Rav Henkin says what Yitzchak Avinu is doing for the small amount of time during the day, that is what the Zayar means that Kaddish protects for an hour and a half. In other words, says Rav Henkin, the Zayar and the Gemara are exactly in unison. What are they telling us? They're telling us that if a person merely utters words of Kiddushem Shamayim, it accomplishes very little. Exactly how Rav Henkin explains this Gemara, I'll let you take a look on your own. But Rav Henkin says the main limud from this Zayar and from the Gemara is Kaddish alone does not have too much value. The Iker is Torah, Tshuva, and Maisim Tovim. And he says something very interesting. That it used to be, if you look at Sidurim printed before 200 years ago, there are only seven Kadeshim in the entire Siddur. Three by Shachas, two by Mincha, two by Mara. <coughs> Nowadays it's like more like 70. But it's three during Shachas, you know what the three are? Before Baruchu, after Shemayin Esrei, and after Uval Etziyayim. Nothing before Mizmar Shir, nothing by Karbanais, nothing after Aleinu. And by Mincha, after Ashrei, after Shemana Esrei. And by Mariv, before Shemana Esrei, after Shemana Esrei. Rav Henkin says, this was up until 200 years ago. What happened 200 years ago? 
200 years ago, things, um, heebie-jeebie things became popular. Anything that has to do with dead people become very popular to, to, uh, from Jews, right? Anything that people think has to do with the dead, people get very excited about. So the Kaddish became very popular, and they started adding Kaddish. Now, where do they add? The first thing they added, says Rav Henkin, was the Kaddish after Aleinu. The Kaddish after Aleinu, you should know, is not Meikar Hadin. And it makes a difference in Halach Lamaisa. If, let's say, you start Shmona Eser with a minion, and in the middle of Chazar Sashatz, you're left with six people, you could finish Chazar Sashatz, you could say Kedusha, you could say Kaddish after Shmona Esrei, you could say Asher Uvalatzion, you could even say Kaddish Shalem after Uvalatzion. But if you start Aleinu with a minion, and then you started Kaddish with a minion. And in the middle of Kaddish, you lost the minion. You have to stop saying that Kaddish after Olenu. Because Kaddish after Olenu is only Minog Ba'almah. Then, says Rav Henkin, 200 years ago, they added a Kaddish in the beginning of davening. Why? Because we needed to get people to shul on time. <laughs> so Rav Henkin says, I'll make this up. Rav Henkin says, 200 years ago, they added the Kaddish by Karbanos and before Mishmashir. Why? We had to drag the people out of bed, especially if you tell them, come from Sukkot de Zimra. What does Sukkot de Zimra have to do with dead people? People are not going to, you know, they're not going to go for that. But you tell them, Kaddish and dead people, oh, then, you know, they arise from their slumber. Then, says Rav Henkin, it used to be, how many Avelim said Kaddish? One. Meikar Hadin, only one Avel in the Shul should say Kaddish. So what did people do? They had a rotation. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But then, you know, people didn't go for that. And especially now, Kaddish is becoming very popular. Maybe somebody said it's a segula for something, right? So, maybe somebody said it's, you know, in the Tzavah, Rabbi Huda Achasid. You know, people started getting really into Kaddish. And they added Kaddish after the Shir Shalyayim and after Ladavid in order to give more people an opportunity to say, say Kaddish. So one guy said it after Aleinu, one guy said it after the Shuk Shalyayim, one guy says, Rav Henkin, nowadays that everyone says Kaddish together, you need to go back and eliminate all the Kaddishim after the Shuk Shalyayim, after Ladavid. When you're finished with Aleinu, say everything, says Rav Henkin. You say Ladavid, you say Barchi Nafshi, you say Mizmar Shuk anything you need to say, you say all of that, and you say one Kaddish. That's the opinion of Rav Henkin. Again, it's uh, important to understand the development that all these extra Kaddishim are only Minhag Ba'alma. But he says the Iker Nachas Ruach to the Niftar is Taira Amasam Taivim. That's the main thing that a person should focus on. Okay. So with that introduction, so let's explore this question. Is a woman allowed to say Kaddish? So there are a number of issues here. Well, is a woman allowed to say Kaddish? We know Kaddish is considered Davr Shev Kedusha. Davr Shev Kedusha, you need what? You need a minion. You need ten men. There is no such thing as a minion of women. One woman, ten women, a thousand women, does not create any halachic minion. In order to make a minion, v'nekdashti b'soich b'nei Yisrael, you need ten men. Okay, so fine. So you say, well, make sure there are ten men in the shul. Could a woman say Kaddish if there are ten men in a shul? So, somebody by the name of Rabbi Yair Chaim Bachrach, the Chavos Yair, Chavos Yair lived from 1637 to 1702. Chavos Yair was a very sickly man. Later on in his life, the name Yair was added during his sickness. He's very, very weak. He lost his hearing. 
He, he writes, he couldn't even walk Dalet Amos without being supported by somebody. By the way, he also writes something very interesting, that the name Chavos, why is it called Chavos, Yair? Chava was his grandmother, who he writes was the Gadol Hadar in learning. Chavos writes openly, there was no one in her generation, this is talking about the 1600s, who was able to equal her in Lima Natayra. Okay, but that's a discussion for a different time. <laughs> and after her, her name was Chava, he calls the Sefer Chavos Yair. And he was presented with the following question. Nebuch, somebody passed away without children, without sons. And he's left with a daughter. And he tells his daughter on his deathbed that this is what I want you to do. During the year of my Avelos, I'm going to pay for ten men to come learn in my house. I'm going to pay them, obviously, otherwise they're not coming, right? And I want you to say Kaddish after they finish her. Says the Chavos Yoyer, why not? What's wrong if she says Kaddish? We're not talking about ten women. There's a minion. It's Venekdash, Divisach, Bnei Yisrael. Aye, says the Chavos Yoyer, we don't find in Chazal that a woman is allowed to say Kaddish. Now, Bechlau, we have to know. Where do we find in Chazal anything about Kaddish? The source for Kaddish comes from Mesechta Kalarabas, you have on your sheets in number six. It's also in Tanabe El Yoh. And uh, there's a story about Rabbi Akiva. He's walking down the street one day and he sees a guy, the Gemara says, that uh, describes the guy. He was Dori Tuna. He was carrying tuna. Doesn't mean tuna fish. He was carrying a load. And he was going back and forth and back. Rabbi Akiva couldn't keep up with him. He said, what are you doing? He said, not now. There are these malachim that are, you know, sticking me with fire. And they tell me I can't rest for one minute. Rabbi Akiva says, why? What do you do? He said, I want you to know. Every Avera in the Torah I violated while, while I was alive, and this is my punishment. All day long I have to carry heavy packages back and forth, back and forth, so I don't have time to talk to you. So Rekiva says, do you have any sons? So he said, uh, no, but my wife is pregnant, see you later. So, you know, he's, the guy's running back and forth with his packages, and Malachim are sticking him with the hot fires. And Rekiva said, where do you live? He says, I live in this and this town. Rekiva goes to the town, and he sees his wife is pregnant. He waits for her to give birth. He waits for the child to grow up. Rabbi Akiva teaches the kid Kaddish. The kid says Kaddish. The Malachim stop, you know, stabbing the guy with the fire. And he comes to Rabbi Akiva in a dream. And he says, you know, I really appreciate the extra help. Thanks for teaching my son Kaddish. This is the source in Chazal that Kaddish helps in Ithra. So says the Chavos Yoyer, we only find a boy says Kaddish. Right? In this Chazal, it's saying a, a Ben. We don't find that a daughter says Kaddish. But says the Chavos Yoyer, what's the difference? If a woman's life is on the line, she's also commanded to give up her life al Kiddush Hashem. So a woman could also sanctify the name of God. So if a woman can sanctify the name, Halacha Lemaisa, Chavos Yoyer Paskins, a woman is allowed to say Kaddish. What? Oh, but he says, you're not allowed to do it. So the Chavos Yor says, yes, Me'ikra, I she could do it, but she's not allowed to. Why not? I'll read to you his words. He says at the end of the piece of number four, Mikal makam yesh lachash. You know what you have to be worried about? Sha'a yedekach yechleshu koyach ha'minhagim shel b'nei Yisrael. That even though technically speaking a woman could say Kaddish, if you're going to allow a woman to say Kaddish, it's going to weaken Jewish practice. Shagam came Torahim. Jewish practice is also Torah. 
You're going to have every man and woman creating his new religion. One day you're going to let her say Kaddish. The next day she's going to give uh, Shabbos Haggadah Drasha. And then the next day she's going to want to lay from the Torah. And then who knows what? You're going to have women rabbis. So therefore the Chavos Yar says, even though it's absolutely permitted, for a woman to say Kaddish, it's a slippery slope. It's not a... It's not a leniency, it's not a dispensation that we would like to allow. And therefore he says, since it's a public spectacle, if a woman gets up to say Kaddish, you need to be Meicha. That is the conclusion of the Chavasya. So halachically speaking, you're allowed to. But the Chavasya says you're not allowed to do it. Okay, that's the conclusion of Chavasya. In other words, according to the strict fundamental principles of halacha, it's permitted. Nevertheless, it's a bad idea. And not only is it a bad idea, if you have any say, you should stop it. That is the opinion of the Chavos Yar. But once you see the Chavos Yar, I mean, this is ammunition. If I ever saw ammunition, this is ammunition. You have uh, an authoritative Paisik saying, a woman's allowed to say Kaddish. So he says, don't do it because of different concerns. Okay, you know, we're not so concerned, maybe you'll say. Okay, but that's the opinion of the Chavos Yar. Let's continue. There was a great Pesach by the name of Rebbe Lezer Flackles. Who was Rebbe Lezer Flackles? He was the primary disciple of the Noid of Yehuda. At the age of 14 years old, the parents of Rebbe Lezer Flackles took this young boy who was a child prodigy, delivered him at the feet of the Noid of Yehuda where he sat and learned day and night for 10 years straight. Rebbe Lezer Flackles, who was one of the um, strongest opposers to the Sabadians, to Shabtai Tzvi. In fact, Rebbe Lezer Flackles wrote a work called Ahavas David, against the Shabtai Tzvi. By the way, in it, in his Chuvash, um, uh, Chuva Me'ava, Rebbe Lezer Flackles uh, criticizes many of the practices of the uh, early Sabadians, especially saying L'Shem Yichud. Rebbe Lezer Flackles says L'Shem Yichud is an invention of Shabtai Tzvi. Chida writes, challenges that. He says that, that uh, the Noid of Yehudah and Rezer Flackles, they only saw the origins in Eastern Europe. But they didn't know that the Svardim have a tradition of saying the same Yichud that predates Shabtai Tzvi. So there's a whole discussion about this. But in any event, um, the Shavu Sechuvah Shumayava was, uh, was a rav in Prague. Right? Prague was no slouch of a city. Now, Prague in... Uh, in the 1600s, the 1700s, 1800s, you know, it's like uh, Borough Park, Flatbush, right? <laughs> Prague was, you know, Irvain B. Yisrael. Muncie, right? Irvain B. Yisrael. And Rebbe Lezer Flackles writes like this. Look what he writes in the middle of the piece. The first one line, Avo Reisi, Betal Kaddish Prague. He quotes the Chavos Yoyer that women should not say Kaddish. But he says, let me tell you. In the Holy Congregation of Prague, Minhag Yafeh, they have a beautiful custom. Mikadmoinim, that dates back to the Rishonim. Be'ezras, be'sakneses, kloizen. In the courtyard of the shul. Sham yashfu zekeinim uzekeinos. You have these altayidin, altayidinas, you know, old men, old women. Ivarim, some of them are blind. Upischim, some of them are, lay, are crippled. Be'shachris adesatsem, they sit there from morning till afternoon. What do they do? No, they don't collect tzedakah, no. This is in Prague, right? Late 1700s. They say the whole Sefer Tehillim. 
And someone who does not have sons, who passes away, if they have young daughters, five or six years old, these little girls in Prague, in Prague, they say Kaddish. Not in the shul. Now listen to this. Not in the Beis HaKnesses. The Rav Chumav says, to bring a woman into a shul, even less than 12 years old? It's not nochon, he says. This is very interesting. I'm not saying this is how we pass. And Chumav says, a girl should not come into the men's section. It doesn't matter how young. That according to the Zayar, Isha, the Beis HaKnesses, is like a pestle in the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, I'm just reporting to you what he says. You know, you'll discuss it with uh, your authorities. But in any event, says the Tshuva Me'ava, in the city of Prague, little girls, five and six years old, would say Kaddish in the Ezra of the Basic So, <clears throat> we have some precedent that a girl could say Kaddish. Again, not in the shul itself, not in the shul itself. He says the girl can't even come in. And not a Gedoyla, not a girl over 12, but a girl under 12. If there are no surviving son, says the Tshuva Me'ava, this was an ancient custom, going back to the Rishonim. Not only that, he calls it a Minhag Yafeh. It's a beautiful custom. This is the report of the Shavas Tshuva's Tshuva Me'ava. Let's look at number nine. Shavas Tshuva's Shavas Yaakov. Shavas Yaakov was with Yaakov Reischer. With Yaakov Reischer, he wrote the Ion Yaakov. He wrote the Taras HaShlamim. He wrote uh, the Shev Yaakov on uh, Hilchas Pesach. Yeah, he wrote the Chayk Yaakov, excuse me, Hechaz Pesach. And uh, very interesting. Chida writes about the Shvas Yaakov. He was Godol HaAchroinim. He was the greatest of all the Achroinim. That's what the Chida says about him. Knesset Sichesko says, Roy Shetishra Olav Shechina. Okay, we're talking about one of the greatest of all the Achroinim. Says the Shev Yaakov. He wants to know, look uh, at number nine, the first column, the fourth line. He says, somebody came to me with the following Shaila. Someone passed away. He has two daughters. The oldest one is four years old. And the father Nebuch, on his deathbed, he commands his four-year-old daughter, when I go, I want you to say Kaddish. Not in the Beis HaKnesses, but in my house. Says the Shavos Yaakov at the end of the piece, about six lines from the end. He says that a girl who's a katana, who's under 12 years old, is permitted to say Kaddish, not in the shul, but in the house. So, so far we have pretty strong precedent from both the Tshuva Me'ah and the Shvas that certainly not in the shul, but in the Ezra Snashim, or in a side room, or in a house. And if she's under 12 years old, According to the Shavos Yaakov, according to the she could say Kaddish. Again, Chavos Yar would say, not a good idea. It's a slippery slope. It's not a good practice to start. Who knows where, where it could lead to. But so far we have some basis for a woman to say Kaddish, at least if she's not in the shul and she's not a G'dayla. Okay. Comes along the Mate Ephraim. Look at number 12. Who's the Mate Ephraim? Mate Ephraim was a Ephraim Zalman Margolius, who was a contemporary of the Chassam Soifer, lived from 1761 to 1828. 
Besides Rafaim Zamagos being one of the Gdalia Poiskim of his time, he was also an extremely wealthy man. Very wealthy man. In fact, Chassam uh, Sofer says about him, it was Taira Ugedula B'makai Mechad. Taira Ugedula B'makai Mechad. Chassam Sofer says words of praise about Rav Ephraim Zalmaragos that he doesn't say about anybody else. In one of the Chubas Chassam Sofer writes about Rav Ephraim Zalmaragos, he says, Ashrei Kahala Adascha, he says, fortunate is your congregation, Shekach Elohem Lehanois Miziv Shechinascha, that they could bask in the splendor of your divine presence. Says Rav Ephraim Zalman Margolis. Look what he writes. Mi she'ein lo'i banim rakbas. Someone who does not have sons, only a daughter. Amen. And he commands before his p'tira, that he's going to pay ten young men to learn in his house. And after the learning, the daughter should say Kaddish. Says Rabbi Ephraim Zalman Margolis, absolutely not. Don't listen. It doesn't matter if it's in the Ezra's Nashim, in the attic, in the basement, in the cellar, behind closed doors with the lights off, behind the, you know, in a prison, it doesn't matter. A girl may not say Kaddish under any circumstances. Even if she's not married, even if she's single, certainly if she's married. Now what should she do if she wants to bring a zechus to her parent? Let her daven with a minion three times a day. And when the chazan says, Kaddish, let her answer with kavan of shalema, and God will reckon it as if she said Kaddish. So the question is, why can't the poor girl say Kaddish? What's the problem? What's the problem? So... Rafaim Zamagos writes in his commentary on the Matya from the Elif Lamata, number one, that even though the Shvos Yaakov allows a girl who's under 12 to say Kaddish in her house, says the Shvos Yaakov, nowadays we have to be very worried about Pritzos. In the olden days, when a girl knew how to dress modestly, how to act modestly, what her place was in the service, so then... Under certain limited circumstances, we can allow her to say Kaddish. Says our Fahim Zalman Ghost. But nowadays, we cannot allow this custom to gain any foothold. So he said, well, what's the problem? She's not singing the Kaddish, right? Because there's a klal, a very important halachic klal. Koyal Isha Erva. The voice of a woman is considered an erva. What does that mean? What does that mean? Right? We know a person is not allowed to gaze at a, in a modestly clad woman. But besides that, the Gemara tells us, one may not hear a woman's voice. So what does that mean? You can't hear her talk? No. That's not what it means. The Magen Avram, the Beishmol, come out. That you can't hear a woman sing. Right? That's halacha. It's halacha. It's an erva. The voice of a woman is an erva. You cannot. Halacha is one may not listen to a woman sing. So if you can't listen to a woman sing, but she's not singing the Kaddish, you know, she's not, you know, not singing Kaabach to the Kaddish, she's just saying, Yiskadeh v'yiskadeh shmei rabah, says Rafaim Zalmar, goes, no, nowadays, you ever hear how people say Kaddish? You ever hear someone say, Yiskadeh v'yiskadeh shmei rabah, it's a little niggin over there, a little tune, right? Especially in Shiva Chapetz Chaim, right? Rabbi Trump has the correct niggin, right? So, the way, the correct way to do the Kaddish is with a little niggin. So we're afraid if this woman is going to realize everyone's listening to her, <coughs> she's going to be clearing her voice, and she's going to be, you know, she's going to be mechavin, lebasume, kala. She's going to want to make her voice sound really nice. 
So in a way, she's, she's humming the Kaddish. She's singing the Kaddish. So if she's singing the Kaddish, no one is allowed to listen to her. Says Rabbi Fahim Zamagos, I'll tell you something more than that. And this may come as a surprise to many people. The Elio Rabbah writes, now, from where I come from, you know, this is how I grew up. But when you come to other neighborhoods, it's not always like that. But, you know, if this sounds a little bit foreign, just take it in, digest it, think about it, you know. It might take some time. The Elio Rabbah writes that a woman in a public setting should not speak. Now, that doesn't mean she shouldn't talk. She shouldn't speak publicly. She shouldn't speak publicly. Publicly mean to get up at a podium, and if there are men in the audience, for a man to hear a woman speak, I'm not saying this is what you should do. I'm not, you know, ask your local rabbi. I'm just telling you what the Elio Rabbah writes, that for a woman to get up, let's say from a lectern, and if there are men there, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate to hear that a man should be hearing a woman speaking publicly. Why? He says it's preachers. It's not modest. So therefore, for the woman, even if she's not singing, so you say, well, but at the bar mitzvah, she wants to talk, she wants to give a drasha. Okay, I understand. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm merely telling you what the El Yarabah says. It's not, it's not modest. I think we could hear such a thing. A woman's dignity is when she's behind the scenes, when she's not the focal point. She's a princess. For a woman, it's considered dignified for her to be behind the limelight. You know, I'll give you a mashallah. Please, uh, you know, excuse the, the analogy. You know, imagine your team, you know, wins the, uh, wins the Super Bowl, right? So what? The, the owner of the team and Jenna is going to go into the locker room and start spraying themselves with, no, they're above and beyond that. They don't, they don't, get, they don't do that. They're not going to get into the focal point of attention. That's, it's beneath their dignity. It's beneath their dignity. So the woman is considered so dignified that for her to be in the limelight where everyone's... That's beneath her. Okay, think about it. Think about it. So anyway, says the uh, Rebbe Margolis. Very interesting. So even if she's not humming and singing the Kaddish, for her to say the Kaddish and everyone's listening, that's not proper. I... So you'll ask me a question. In this week's Haftarah, it says that Devaira and Barak sang Shira. So fine. It doesn't mean they actually sang it because uh, Devaira obviously did not sing in front of men. So she said it. But we're saying it's not considered dignified for a woman even to speak publicly. Says El Yarabah. The El Yarabah addressed this question. Hashem told her to do it. It was Al Piyadibur. It was a Hayrasha. Really, a woman's not allowed to do something like that. That was a special one-time dispensation. Or, as Rabbi Fahim Zamargo says, when the Pasuk says in this week's Haftarah, it doesn't mean she sang, it means she composed the song. She composed the words, she composed the tunes, but it doesn't mean she actually sang. Very interesting. So Rabbi Fahim Zamargo comes to the conclusion that a woman may not say Kaddish. At, under any circumstance. She could be three years old, two years old, one years old, five months, one, doesn't matter how old. She could be in downstairs, upstairs, upside down. She may not say Kaddish. Comes the Steich Ahmed and he sfarred him here. A lot. A lot, okay. Says the Steich Ahmed, 
I don't get this whole thing in the Ashkenazi world with the, you know, Chavos Yor says, really, you can, but better not to. And then the Shvas Yaakov says, a five-year-old can, outside the shul, says the Steichemed, right, the Steichemed of Chaim Cheskiel Medini. He says, that's all for the Ashkenazim. We Svardim, we know how to maintain our customs. It is unheard of in the Svardi community for a woman ever to say Kaddish, period. So that closes that matter. <laughs> That's it. <coughs> what about the Kaddish? So I'm saying like years ago. Oh. oh, yeah, that's also an important point. Um, also important to know that if you're in a shul, let's say I'm, I'm an Ashkenazi, if an Ashkenazi is in a Sephardi shul, they need to say the Sephardi Kaddish. Anything you do publicly, you have to do like the Nitzchak shul. But that also means that a Sephardi in an Ashkenazi shul, you got to cut the Revach Vahatzala business and all the other stuff. You got to go with the Ashkenazi Kaddish. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein writes, It might be Nisudai Raisa. Whatever you're doing publicly, you need to follow the Minigah the Tzibor. If you're a Sephardi or an Ashkenazi shul and everyone's falling down on their heads, don't be clapping. Don't be clapping. That's your minhag. When you're in a pub, when you're in a shul, and they fall down for the kaddish, you need to follow the custom of the shul. And if you're an Ashkenazi in a Sephardi shul, and everyone's clapping, and you want to put your head down, you're not allowed to do that. And Moshe says, you got to clap. Doesn't mean you have to say it. Make believe you're saying. What? Rabbi Value doesn't. Rabbi Moshe says that uh, in America, that's what we do. I hear. Rabbi Moshe was Mara the Asra of, uh, of America. He said, in America, you follow the minhag of the. What about the Kaddish What? The Yeah, Ramosha says it falls into Lysus Gaidu. Yeah. In fact, Ramosha goes further. He said, really, you're better off taking, let's say, I'm, a, I'm an Ashkenazi, I'm a Sadi Shul. Really, Ramosha says, you should dive in the Nusach of the Shul even quietly. If you don't want to do that, he says, at least what you do publicly. Uh, but that's for a different time. I'm not talking about that now. No, but that's, that's not, that doesn't make sense. When Israel come here, put on secondary Kaddish. Not publicly, not, not publicly, no, privately. Not in front of anybody else. Okay, but that's for a different... Well, let's, let's, let's uh, stay on track. Okay, so again, for Ashkenazim, Tshuva Me'ava, Shvas Yaakov says, a little girl could say Kaddish, not in the shul. Chavis Yor says, even that is no good. Fraim yeah, Zamragos um, says, even that is no good. Sfardim, there's nothing to talk about. Now, usually, when it comes to these inyanim of Avelos... And Kaddish, the final word on these inyanim is usually the Geshe Achayim, Rabbi Chil Michal Tikachinsky, and he says the following. He comes to the following conclusion. Look at number 19. He says the main Kaddish is for a son, for a father or mother. What if there's no son? And the daughter is a katana, less than 12. So Rabbi Michil uh, Michal Tikachinsky says there are some shuls they allow the girl to say Kaddish. <clears throat> there are some that allow her to say all the Kaddish. And there are some shuls that don't allow it at all. But a girl over 12 may not say Kaddish under any circumstance. That's the conclusion of the Gesha Chaim Rabbi Chaim So it would seem like a pretty open and shut case. Svardim, forget it. Ashkenazim, if the girl is less than 12, not in the shul, fine. But it's very surprising and very astonishing and quite amazing that one of the greatest Paiskim of the last generation, Rabbi Yosef Elio Henkin, comes to a completely different conclusion. And Rabbi Henkin writes that a woman may say Kaddish. Rabbi Henkin writes in two different pieces, one he wrote in 1964, one he wrote in 1947. And he writes, 
That if a woman is coming out, listen to what he says. We said earlier that just to say Kaddish and not to improve a Masim Taivim doesn't have any value. So he says like this. For a woman to come to Shul once a year, if she's coming dressed immodestly with what he calls Big Day America, then we don't let her say Kaddish. She's going to wear Big Day America. And she wants to say Kaddish? What value does that cost? But if she wants to come... And she's a Shomer Shabbos. And she's a Shomer Kachos. And she's a Tzanua. Her hair is covered. And she wants to say Kaddish? Why not? Why not? Says of Henkin, especially nowadays, that there are many people who wouldn't know anything about Tefillah at all, if not for the fact that their parents said, Oh, learn about Davening, because one day you're going to have to say Kaddish for me. So Sir Rav Henkin says, the fact that people want to learn about Kaddish is a great impetus to learn more about Judaism. And if we're going to shoo them away, the once a year they come, they'll never come back. And if you shoo away this woman that wants to come, she'll never come back. If she wants to say Kaddish, even in the woman's section, even if she's a G'dayla, <coughs> even if she starts inching her way into the men's section, says Rav Henkin, don't push her out. That's what he writes. Can't deny it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it means, uh, yeah. That's what Pankin writes. Because in the olden days where one of El said Kaddish, so then obviously you're not going to put her up to the bima to say Kaddish for everyone. But nowadays there's 17 other people saying the Kaddish. Nobody's even noticed she's there. So she wants to say the Kaddish quietly on the side, in the women's section, nobody hears her. Rav Hankin says it's mutter. But again, Rav Faim Zahar says you have to be Meicha. Chav Siyar says you have to be Meicha. Well, this one says a part of Manazah. It was in the 40s and 60s. It's a little different than America. Than in some shuls, <laughs> 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 it's still a part. originally never... No, not Sfardim. We're not talking about Sfardim. Sfardim can't do it. The Ashkenazim yeah. invented more, like you said, that we invented all these Kaddishes. No, no, I, I, okay. By the way, I'm going to just end off that this Psaq of Rav Henkin is certainly controversial. There's a Sefer, a Sheiris Yosef, written by uh, Rabbi Warman's father, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Warman. He lives right here in Kew Garden Hills. And he was a Talmud of Rabbi Lazar Silver. And he asks a very strong question on this track of Rabbi, Sil- of Rabbi Henkin that he says that he asked Rabbi Lazar Silver, who concurred with this question. And that's the following. If, let's say, you live across the street from a shul, yeah? And you hear them saying Kaddish. Are you allowed to say Kaddish from your bedroom? Why not? You can't say Kaddish. Because you don't have a minion. You don't have a minion. It's very nice that they have a minion. And it's very nice you're allowed to answer their Kaddish. But you don't have a minion. So you can't lay in your house. You can't do a Dabr Shabdush in your house. You don't have a minion. You can't say Kaddish. You can't say Baruchu. You can't say Kaddush. You can answer their Kaddish, Kaddush and Baruchu. Why? Because anything that's out of the shul is a separate domain. What's the halacha if you have nine men in the men's section and one man in the women's section? Is he part of the minion? Absolutely not. I don't know, nowadays, men like to dominate in the women's section. (laughs) I mean, when there are no women. By the way, it's questionable whether you're fully part of the minion. It's questionable whether you're fully part of the minion. But if they need you for the minion, you're definitely not part of the minion. 
the woman's section, Aruch HaShulchan writes, even if they're windows, and even if it's open, it is a Rishos L'Fayatma, no one in the woman's section is mitzdarv to the men. Even so, if there are no women there? Yeah, even if there are no women there. It's a Rishos L'Fayatma, Aruch HaShulchan writes openly. the men's section is full, and that's the only place to have a Shulam? No, there's, there's always room. <laughs> what? I hear, that's what Aruch HaShulchan writes. Unless it's designated for the men, I don't know. Under normal circumstances, unless you want to say that certain shows are built lechachila to be able to to facilitate an overcapacity crowd, but I don't know. I think the 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 all the Rashi shivas that build these shivas, they want the boys to daven in the men's section, right? I think that's their kavan. So the Aruch Hashulchan writes the women's section, whoever's there is not mitzvah to the minion. So now what's the woman doing saying Kaddish without a minion? How could she say Kaddish? Very nice. She could answer the Kaddish. But to say the Kaddish, she's saying Kaddish without a minion. So he, Rabbi Warman writes, even though he's Afar Tachas Kapos Ragov, and I heard other Paiskim quote over this piece from Rabbi Warman, that uh, it's, a, it's a Shver Psak. It's hard to understand the Psak of Rav Henkin, why a woman should be allowed to say Kaddish. And if she's saying it so quietly that no one hears her, then certainly she can't say it. I mean, you can't say a Dabr Shevik Dusha if it's not audible to ten people. I mean, Tulane from the Torah, and no one could hear you, so you're not, you're not, you're not saying a Dabr Shevik Dusha. You're not making it audible to the minion. And besides that, and this is a, a Taina that uh, is certainly um, something that we need to think about, that he writes that nowadays when you have so many different movements that all they're looking to do is to create new innovations, women prayer groups, and women's this group, and women that group, and let's get women a bigger role in this and in that, right? Then it's a time to be able to fortify the guards of Armin Hagen. It's not a time to, you know, open up and make allowances to, uh, to new practices and new concepts and new uh, ideas. It's a time to safeguard the authentic minhagim of Klai Yisrael. And Ray Warman writes that he, uh, when he told this to Rev Silver, Rev Silver said that he himself expressed his, um, his disagreement with Rev Henkin. I hear. It's a new caution on the present shoot something down. All something It's um I hear. It. I hear. It. Good point. But uh, you tell me. <laughs> but uh it could be maybe they uh did not necessarily agree with our Khashukhan on this Indian that the women in the women's section are not mitzvah to the men. But that's how we paskin. We paskin al-Khalamaisa, like our Khashukhan, that those in the women's section are not mitzvah to the men. So that's the maybe mainstream psak. Yeah, but no, he's not encouraging them to come into the men's section. He's saying if they do, don't throw them out. And uh, he finally he concludes with the stock of the Rishon Lutzion, Rabbi Ziel. Okay, so not a, it's not a, only ultra right wing that don't allow women to say Kaddish. Even the Rishon Lutzion says like this. He says the whole concept of Kaddish is Kabbalistic. It's mystical. And he says a very interesting line. He says even those who are not Doirish time of the Kra. Excuse me, even those people who are doyresh, time of the crow, even those people who try to find reasons for Chumash and for Torah, we have no right to be doyresh, time of the Kabbalah. We can't start meddling into Kabbalah. So if in the sources of Kabbalah, we only find that men say Kaddish. We don't know why, we don't understand why, but that's all we find. 
that we don't tamper, we don't change, that's the way it is. And even the Rishon Litzion says this is not a proper minog, it's not a proper minog, and if a woman wants to bring a merit to a deceased uh, relative, then let her go to the yeshiva, let her write out a check to support Talmidim learning Torah, let her sponsor learning, and that is a far greater merit than to get involved in something which is halachically questionable. So just to, co- to, to conclude, um, <clears throat> is there a basis for a woman to say Kaddish? Certainly we can't deny the fact that there are traditional sources that women may say Kaddish in certain limited circumstances. If Henkin even allows women to say Kaddish, even a woman who is a Gedoyla, nevertheless, there are serious halachic questions with this. We have the questions of uh, Rafam Zamar Golis about the fact she may sing it. Bechlal, it may be inappropriate for her to be saying something publicly. We have other Paiskim that say that uh, uh, this is inappropriate. The Geshachayim does not recognize this. So it's, uh, it seems pretty reasonable to, um, to be concerned that especially in our days where we see with our own eyes that there are movements where women want to do certain things that are against the halacha. Clearly, this is something we need to give serious consideration to. And halacha uh, lamaisa, you could ask your uh, a competent halachic authority. But again, these are some of the issues uh, when we deal with um, the union of women saying Kaddish. I wish you all a very good evening.